on SportsCenter. Union problems? No. The Dolph days. Tuscaloosa, Alabama, and all the folks that are listening to us on the globe at Tide100.9.com. I'm Corey Miller, the pastor of pain. Welcome into the Miller's Edge. Got a lot to get in today on the show. Uh, SEC baseball tournament going on as we speak. As my Gamecocks, the South Carolina Gamecocks, leading the Georgia Bulldogs right now, five to nothing. Weather could be an issue. Uh, uh, down the road and in the future games this afternoon. We just have to wait and see as Alabama get ready to take on uh, Kentucky. A lot to get into, as I mentioned on the show. We'll talk a little bit about the Lakers' meltdown. Uh, we'll have our first guest of the Miller's Edge, Keith Holcomb, former teammate, Christian Miller. And uh, he played baseball and football at Alabama, so looking forward to talking to him in the second segment of the show. Then we take your phone calls. 205 That's 205-342-9904. You can get at us on Twitter, Instagram, all that good stuff. But we are ready to rock and roll. Christian Miller down in Tuscaloosa. How you doing, friend? Doing well. Doing well. You know, I'm just really excited about this SEC tournament. Uh, and I'm really excited to talk to, talk to my former teammate and roommate, Keith Holcomb, coming up. Um, shortly about some of this baseball action that we're going to see over in Hoover and uh, just to get to catch up with them. But yeah, really excited and uh, should have a fun day cut out for us. No doubt about it, but uh, let's, let's start with the hottest thing that I saw on last night. You know, Christian, I'm a Lakers fan. You know, I'm a LeBron James fan. I really felt like, and I said it on yesterday, they were done, they were cooked, they were finished. Right. Down three to, to nothing. Nobody's ever come back right. from 3-0. So you know that was probably going to happen. But then they teased me, right? They teased me. I turned the TV on. They're up 15. I mean, LeBron James is insane. And he's out of his mind the way he's falling. He's a, he's attacking the rim. He's not sitting back selling for threes. He's, he's using that big wide body layups and and ones. But then he did hit some threes. I mean, and the Lakers were rolling. The guy didn't come out 20 years into the, I mean, his career. 20 years that he's playing like this. And then it happened, the collapse. You just knew it was going to happen. Denver came back. Denver wins the game, although people said it was questionable at the end of the game. Did LeBron James get fouled or uh, whatnot? He didn't. Uh, but congratulations to the Nuggets. They were the best basketball team. They were the number one seed uh, in the West, they proved it. The Joker was magnificent. Another triple-double, breaking Wilt Chamberlain's record uh, for uh, triple-doubles in the playoffs. I mean, they're a phenomenal basketball team, a complete basketball team, deserved to win. But just a little bit disappointed uh, with the Lakers. I mean, you know, Anthony Davis, I tweeted last night, Christian, that they need to trade him. They need to trade him. He don't have that fire. He don't have the dog. He don't have that tenacity. And it was amazing. They put Tristan Thompson in the ballgame. This guy didn't even play the regular season. 
I mean, he just came, but he came in and gave effort. He gave energy. He competed, and he got them back going. But Anthony Davis just kind of, he's hit and miss, man. I mean, you know, people are like, uh, you know, he's still one of the best big men. He is, but he is not consistent. We'll see what um, they're going to do in the offseason. But, man, what do you think about the game last night as you watch uh, the Lakers, um, uh, you know, pull out the fishing poles, as we said yesterday, getting ready to <laughs> book their trips to Cancun and all these nice, uh, uh, you know, luxury uh, places that they're going to go in the offseason? Well, you know, it's one of those things that you're right. I don't know if I can necessarily say it's a disappointment because, again, and I've been saying this, I almost feel like, and I know LeBron wouldn't agree with me, right, because obviously it's his championship or go home, kind of similar to how we feel about things around here in Tuscaloosa at Alabama. But I feel like they almost overachieved. Again, you know, they started the season, I think, like 2-10. and 10. You know, they barely made the playoffs. I mean, it wasn't until they made some late-season trades kind of got some some new, fresh momentum going into the, the postseason. I mean, honestly, I don't think a lot of people gave them a, a chance against Golden State. You know, they, they defeated Golden State. They defeated the, the Memphis Grizzly number two seed. So it's just one of those things where I think there's a lot of good out of this. I mean, you look at LeBron's unprecedented first quarter uh, at 38 years old. I mean, truly just, I mean, insane, right? You know, I mean, can't even wrap my head around how he's doing that at 38 years old. Just I mean, on his, his best quarter or best half of playoff basketball ever in his career at 38 years old. And to see him do that was truly impressive. But again, I think what we saw was just the, the better team won the game. And I think that's what we saw this whole series. I mean, LeBron uh, admitted that him and AD had a conversation and said that that was probably the best team we played all year. And, you know, rightfully so. I mean, they were the, the, the top seed in the West. Um, just so talented. You got Jokic, a uh, two-time MVP, and Jamal Murray finally coming back. Uh, looking like his old self before that knee injury. You know, guys like Michael Porter Jr. stepping up. I mean, they're, they're just a really good basketball team. And I, I think you, you pointed some things out. You know, um, Anthony Davis a little too inconsistent. You know, they need his consistency, especially when you're relying on a 38-year-old LeBron. You need Anthony Davis night in and night out. You know, he can't just show up big every other night. They need that supporting cast to be consistent. I mean, Austin Reeves stepped up. Achimura, great player, stepped up. Um, you know, Lonnie Walker had a couple big games, but then, you know, was uh, relevant again. It just, I, I wouldn't say it's too much of a disappointment. I think what we saw was the better team won, and the Lakers just couldn't get the job done. They couldn't finish. I mean, if you looked at the other games in the series, most of the time, you know, they gave a, a good, you know, good shot for most of the game, and they just didn't finish the game. You know, I think game one, they were down significantly, but then they came back, had a chance to win, but couldn't finish. So I think the common theme here was the Lakers just could not finish, and if I'm the Lakers and that staff, I'm going to get a Scott Cochran or somebody in there and implement that fourth quarter program, <laughs> teach those guys how to finish, because that's really what they were missing, it seemed like. But I think there's a lot of questions going into this offseason. I mean, LeBron alluded to that, alluded to the fact that he, he doesn't know if he's going to be returning next season, not just to the Lakers, but to basketball, period. Um, so to me, you know, that, that, that was kind of alarming because not too long ago, we just were hearing LeBron talk about, you know, he'd love to play with his son, Bronny, who just committed to Southern Cal. And now he's having a totally different uh, tune right now. So that's definitely something to keep an eye out for. Do I feel that he's actually done with basketball? Absolutely not. There's no way. I think this is kind of one of those Tom Brady deals where he's speaking out of emotion. He's tired. You know, he doesn't know if he can do it physically. But once he gets some time off, a little bit of a break, he's going to come back because he's going to want one more. And I think he still has a little bit of gas in the tank, even though obviously he is slowing down a little bit. But clearly not to the point where he needs to retire. I mean, the guy just dropped 
uh, in his historic first half in the postseason at 38 years old. So he's still got gas in the tank. I think it's just a matter of can he stay focused? Like he said in his press conference, I mean, can he be present, right, when he's on the bus, when he's traveling, when, he, when he's with his team at practice? Because people have to realize that. I mean, you might be able to still have it physically, but if you're not there mentally, sometimes it just makes sense to kind of take a step away. But I think giving him some time off will, will have him uh, give him the right answer that he needs at that right time. Uh, but I'm curious to see uh, how things do play out, not only with him, but also with the Lakers, because there's, there's a lot of questions that need to be answered. Um, I think we have a, a caller already. We're going to go to the phone lines, going over to Tom. Tom, how are you? Welcome into the Miller's Edge. Good morning. Well, Christian and Corey, it's good to talk to y'all again. I, I really enjoyed the show yesterday. Uh, I thought y'all did a great job. So um, I wanted to Thank say you. that. But uh, do, do y'all care if uh, if I change the subject just a little bit with Corey? I wanted to talk to him about, uh, and, and you too, uh, Christian, but uh, mainly your dad today, but um, about playing defensive line for the New York Giants. And sure, I, sure. I wanted to ask ask you who all was on that defensive line when you were there. I cannot remember. Oh yeah, no, th- yeah. Thanks for the question, Tom. Yeah, we had a really stacked. You, you know, when I got there in 1991, I was a six round draft choice. Uh, they called me a tweener because I started at South Carolina as an outside linebacker. Then uh, when my head coach died, Joe Morrison, uh, we got a new coach, Sparky Woods, and they changed the system. I ended up playing. A defensive end. So uh, when I got drafted, the, the Giants had just won the Super Bowl. On, on, you remember Desert Storm, Tampa, the Buffalo Bills, New York Giants, uh, the great uh, Whitney Houston sang the national anthem, right. flying over. What a, a beautiful Super Bowl that was! That's Comes from behind him by the Giants, but uh, That's the it was a great. I'm sorry. Been- yeah, but we had uh, Leonard Marshall, we had Eric Howard, we had. Uh, uh, of course, Lawrence Taylor played outside. Carl Banks at uh, linebacker, we ran a three-four. Pepper Johnson, Steve Diossi, Gary Reason, er- Eric Dorsey who played at Notre Dame. Big six-seven defensive end. Eric Howard was wow. our nose guard. who was like a seven-hundred-pound bench press dude. Uh, I mean, we were we were stacked, and I ended up starting really? at the end of my rookie year uh, at the Sam position. So yeah, man, we were loaded uh, at the uh, front seven position. Hey, Corey, let me let me I wanna run something by you. One of the greatest defensive linemen that we and I know this is a mouthful when I say it, one of the greatest defensive linemen we ever had at Alabama ended up going to the Giants and playing thirteen years in the league. His name was Cornelius Griffith. Mm. Yeah. Do you know Yeah. Yep, I do know him. I do know him very well. He's really He was in college, Corey. He could not be blocked. (laughs) (laughs) He was a stud. Any kind of blocking pattern that the opposing team come at at us with, he would disrupt it. It didn't matter what it was, how many, or whatever, but he was so blamed tough inside. And, and disruptive of a of a of a blocking scheme. Matter of fact, uh, we played a uh, Michigan Tom Brady and the Wolverines in the Orange Bowl, one of the greatest college games I ever seen. And and you know Lloyd Carr was the head coach, and you know Lloyd he was going to come out there and he was going to make you stop the running game. He would pound you into the dirt. Well, he come out there. 
and and they came at Alabama and Cornelius Griffin jacked everybody on that defensive line up and they shut that run down. Nobody knew Brady could throw it. Nobody knew it. And he come out there and threw the ball like you would not believe. Everybody goes, where'd this guy come from? <laughs> and 20 years later in the NFL, we go, yeah, we know Tom Brady. <laughs> yeah, another famous uh, six-round pick. Thanks for the phone call, Tom. Appreciate that. A good question sure. taking me back to uh, the old New York Giants uh, front seven. Uh, before I hit a break, Christian, I want you to hear, you kind of alluded to this. It's kind of just real quick to end this NBA deal, but – uh, let's just hear what LeBron James kind of teased us with about potentially thinking about his future. Sure. It was a very challenging season, um, you know, for me, um, you know, for our, for our ball club. And obviously, you know, we know what went on early on or whatever the case may be, but um, it, was a, it was a pretty cool, pretty cool ride. Um, but I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. You know. I think it was okay. I don't. I don't like to say it's a successful year because I don't play for anything besides winning championships at this point in my career. And um, you know, I don't. I don't. I don't get a kick out of making a conference appearance. I've done it a lot, and, <laughs> and it's not fun to me to not be able to be able to be a part of. Uh, you know get to the finals, but, um, but we'll see, we'll see, we'll see what happens going forward. Um, but I don't know. I don't know. I got a lot to think about, to be honest. I got a lot to think about, to be honest. And, um, just for me personally going, going forward with the game of basketball, I got a lot to think about. Appreciate it. Thanks, Sergeant. So LeBron James after the Lakers lose by two in game four as they are swept by the Denver Nuggets. The Denver Nuggets move on to the finals for the first time in program history. Now, we'll of course talk about that later on uh, in the week or in the future about LeBron James. I think he's pulling a total Tom Brady slash Aaron Rodgers uh, that, about this whole thing. We know LeBron James is not going to end his career uh, losing like that. All right, we're going to take a break. When we come back, we're going to switch gears. We're going to talk SEC baseball, Alabama baseball, as tournament is going on right now down in uh, Birmingham or Hoover. Gamecocks of South Carolina up 6 to nothing on the Georgia Bulldogs. Of course, Alabama getting ready to take on Kentucky this afternoon. We'll talk to former baseball player, former tied football player, roommate of Christian Miller, teammate of Christian Miller, Keith Holcomb. That's coming up after this timeout. We'll be back. On the Miller's Edge, right here on the Tide 100.9, the home of Alabama Crimson Tide Sports. Legendary comedian Jim. Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. We'll maintain the chance of a few widely scattered showers this afternoon, mostly cloudy with a high at 76, becoming fair tonight, the low 56. Warmer tomorrow and Thursday, partly to mostly sunny both days, highs between 81 and 84. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 66 degrees in Tuscaloosa. Payne along 
alongside my son, Christian Miller. We're alongside via the internet, so to speak. 205-342-9904 is the number. We'll be taking your phone calls later on in the show. So I'm going to pass it, hand it off to uh, little C-Mail. C-Mail, take it away. Well, I'm excited right now. We got a, a big guest coming up. Our first guest on the Miller's Edge, former Alabama baseball and football player. I should say football first. We had him first. National championship linebacker, selected by the Arizona Diamondbacks in the 2014 MLB draft, the heart and soul of Hillcrest, Tuscaloosa legend, Keith Holcomb, and my former roommate. Keith, what's going on, man? Gentlemen, how are you, man? I'm super excited to be on this. I'm glad to finally work out for us. How you doing, brother? Man, I can't complain, man. Glad to have you on here. So excited. Glad you could be our first guest as big time. But uh, here's the thing, Keith. SEC uh, tournament has kicked off over in Hoover. Obviously, look, I always, I'll still see you as a football player. I always will. But you did play baseball. So I got to get your baseball knowledge. I need, need you to break some stuff down for me. Just starting off, overall, what, what were your overall thoughts on the baseball team this year up to this point? How did you think they performed? And uh, did they have some strengths and weaknesses you noticed? What's your breakdown of the baseball team? Man, so far, Christian, dude, I am ecstatic. If anybody, if anybody's out there listening to this that's an Alabama baseball fan, I would be super excited for this postseason coming up. I mean, everybody knows about the situation that uh, we went through uh, earlier a few weeks ago. But look what this team has done. I mean, they have been given – a horrible, horrible hand to dealt with. And look what they've done. They've turned around. They've relaxed. They're playing great baseball right now. And how can you not be excited about what's about to come up in Hoover starting tonight against Kentucky? And then, who knows, hopefully we're going to host a regional in Tuscaloosa and these Alabama fans will not know what to do when we come and, and host. So, I mean, I'm looking looking forward to it. And I know anybody that's following it is extremely excited and pumped up and ready to see what happens. So, Former Alabama linebacker, Alabama baseball player Keith Holcomb is our guest here on Miller's Edge. Uh, Keith, good to talk with you, man. Who would have thought, you know, back in 2014 when I was helping Christian and all you guys move into that uh, that apartment slash dorm uh, that we'll be doing radio and, and talking sports together. It's crazy how this world works sometimes, eh? I swear. I mean, it seemed like we were uh, moving in and we were talking sports on a couch, but now y'all have gotten all famous on me, and now y'all are hosting a, a radio station. I'm trying to keep up with y'all. <laughs> I know that's right. But let me ask you this, though. You know, you talked about this baseball team and having the distractions that they had with the coach, and uh, you got an interim coach that fills in. Just talk about how difficult that could be as a player to try to keep your focus and and continue to battle and, and, and get yourself in position where we see the Alabama baseball team are in today? Well, I'll start off with saying this. Yes, I was football first, but, Christian, let me just go ahead and tell you this. Baseball is hard. It is a mental case. But what these players have gone through, I mean, I can't imagine. I mean, I was going through it nowhere near on this scale when I played, and we had our ups and downs. But I mean, baseball is a selling sport. But now – what I have been so impressed with are these seniors. Uh, I mean, that most of them have been around for a long time, but we have such a mature team, and I really believe that's what we're uh, relying on, um, just that maturity. Guys have been around. They've been playing in the SEC. They knew how to play baseball. They knew how to win and what it took. And I don't know, I don't know what it was, but whenever that change happened and the situation that we were in, 
it just it seemed like it relaxed everybody. Uh, and I, I don't want to speak ill on anything on the situation, but I really think the team just relied on each other. Christian, you can contest to this. What did Coach Saban always say? The only thing that matters is what's in these four walls. Yep. And that's what these guys, I think, have really relied on. It's, hey, it's them against the world, which it should be. That's how it always is. And once you buy into that, man, look, look, look what's happening. You beat Bandy. No one thought he was going to do that. Now there's a good chance you're going to host a regional and your, your coach got fired halfway through the season. Come on now, guys. I mean, how can this – how can people not be excited about what's about to happen? Yeah, no, it's impressive to say the least. And I, I think you're exactly right. I mean, you know, only only opinion that matters is the one in the locker room. You know, it almost goes back to that saying, the man in the arena. You know, everybody in that locker room, they, they know what each other you know is going through. They know what it takes to go out there and perform. And, and I tip my hat to those guys because you talk about distractions. I mean, that that's huge, you know, what they've dealt with. And the way they've responded um, has been nothing short – of impressive in terms of this tourney and then you mentioned uh, the potential regional um take us through you know what what would it take for them to make a run this postseason like, what, do, what do you see them having to uh, continue to to do well because they've done a lot of things well like you just uh, were alluding to ever since um interim coach jackson stepped up um seems like they've been hitting great the pitching's been great um is there anything specific that you feel like they need to, to keep doing well uh, in over to have the best chances uh going into the postseason all year, they've been able to hit with anybody. Uh, we just got to be able to keep. I mean, the simple answer, uh, gentlemen, is you got to keep. You got to keep playing clean in all three phases. But mm-hmm. I think personally, we're going to have to rely on our bullpen because if you don't make a run in the postseason, you got to have those two or three guys that a midweek guy here and there that just has out of body experience and he goes in there and he and he throws six scoreless innings, you're going to have to have that, especially in the SEC tournament, especially if you can make it to uh, Omaha, because you're going to have to rely on your bullpen. Uh, we have, it seems like, I'm knocking on wood, it's coming around, are still keeping hot. Fielding, we've always been a good fielding team. We have airs here and there, but pitching is, is turning a corner. So if we can keep all three phases in that, jailed up, everybody's playing loose, I think we're going to be good but i really for us to really make a run we need a bullpen to 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 keep picking up and uh just keeping the keeping the pressure on the uh, opponent hitters so we welcome is our guest here on the miller's edge from the game excuse me by seven game concerts all right Alabama <laughs> you, you wish you wish the Gamecocks had Keith, man. Keith was a dog. Let me tell you. Let, know, let me no, let me brag on him real quick because Keith's humble. Okay. If you ask, no, I'm serious. If you ask anybody that played with us, you know who was like an unsung hero guy that that didn't necessarily get that recognition, they would tell you Keith. Hogue, I'm, I'm telling you, dude, Keith was Mister Do It All. Keith was busting heads in practice, making interceptions. Keith was athletic enough to play sideline to sideline. And um, Keith doesn't necessarily get the recognition, but I'm going to give him his flowers and his recognition right now because I'm telling you, if you ask, you can ask the Reuben Fosters, the Sean Deion Hamiltons, Reggie, ask anybody, those other linebackers who they played with who was somebody who didn't necessarily get the recognition they deserved, they would tell you Keith Holcomb. I'm telling you, Keith was a dog. So that's why I take pride in I got to keep that football label on you, Keith. I know you finished <laughs> with baseball, but I'm that's proud right. as hell to call you my teammate on the football field uh, for all your contributions. Man, you don't know how much, you don't know how much that – that means to me. I mean, you're a guy that made it 
made it to the league. You played. I, I always looked up to you, but man, dude, you're going to make me bust. You might be just saying that to keep me up on this uh, radio. <laughs> no, man. Yeah, no, I'm, no I'm, I'm being honest. I'm telling you, man, that's, that's the truth, man. Trust me. Like, I just I always feel it's, it's necessary to give people their flowers and, and their recognition, especially the guys. Because we know, look, at Alabama, there's so many people. It's hard for everybody to get recognition. And, so, and unfortunately, some people do get overlooked. And that's why I'd, I'd, I'm glad to have this platform and to be able to tell about my experiences and give you that recognition that you deserve, brother. Man, I appreciate it. like, you dude, you could play, like, four positions. Right? Oh, absolutely. No doubt you could play fullback. You could have played tight end. You played inside. You could play both the outside positions. You played baseball. It was like you were like that Swiss Army knife, man. You you could do so many things, and you're like a, a defense coordinator's dream when you have a player like like uh, Keith Holcomb who could do so many many things. And Christian right, man. I, I always appreciate how you approached the game and and how hard you played. The effort that you gave was just, I mean, it was impressive, and people definitely looked up to that, man. It's just a pleasure to to, to have you on our show, The Middle's Edge. But I do want to ask you a football question uh, about what do you see. And with this football team after last year missing the playoffs, having two close games, fans got a little, little weird on us. You know, thought the sky was falling. You lose two games to Alabama. It's, right. it's uh, you're on a down year, right? But but tell me what your thoughts on this football team. Man, I think if, if they do what me, what we've always been accustomed to, this is a wake-up call. It needs to be a wake-up call. I know you lost some great leaders, but you don't have leaders step up. It's it's always a reload season. Uh, it's not a rebuild. It's always a reload season because you don't have those athletes in there. But with how college football is nowadays, I don't know who these kids are. Uh, I mean, I'm, I'm the old guy out. Me and Christian are the old guys out. I don't know them anymore. So I don't know what their mentality is with this NIL and all this. A lot, a lot of distraction. But mm-hmm. the thing is, if you can have that leadership, and I think we're going to have that leadership, or we need to at least, and just get back down to the basics. I mean, football is football at the end of the day. Look, if you're on defense, you, tack, you don't let the guy cross the line. I mean, the line of scrimmage or the end zone. Vice versa on offense. Keep it simple, guys. I mean, and I hope the coaching staff does that as well. Let, let men be men and play some ball. Uh, I'm Look, I'm, a, I'm an old school guy. I'm a defensive guy. I want no points to be given up, and I want to surround the ball. I don't know if that will ever happen. Maybe some Alabama fans listening to this will absolutely love me for saying that, but some might hate me. But I just I, I want us to get back to that that Alabama phase of man, we're dogs. When we go out there and we play, they don't want to play us for four quarters. And if we gotta somehow play a fifth quarter, they're dreading it. Christian, that's what we prided ourselves on. And I felt like last year that that was lost a little bit. It was coming back a little bit at the end, but it was a little bit too late. Uh, and it's just one of those things. I love seeing that uh, mentality of everybody coming back to play that last year or that last game in the bowl game. And I think um, seeing that, it kind of it made me a little easy because I was like, okay, buying in. You don't have guys flaking out. Maybe that mentality is coming back. I'm not saying we ever lost it, but Christian, you know what I mean. I mean, it, it wasn't there like when we were there. And I'm, I'm really hoping – and I can, I'm looking forward to this season and seeing Coach Steele back there. He understands what the mentality was on the defensive side. So let's let's get the dogs back out there. Let's get some pop popping in the pad. So I mean, we'll we'll just see what happens. 
That's right. I don't think you could have said it any better. Keith, man, I appreciate you uh, coming on. We're definitely going to do this again very soon. And uh, I'm going to tell you, I, I see your dad in the gym uh, pretty frequently. So I hope you're still working out. <laughs> your dad's man, in great I shape, man. The, I, I got it set up in the garage. I'm barely hanging on. I'm still there, here and there. But once my shoulders start screaming, I know I got to get back in the gym, man. It sucks getting old. Oh man, you, it does. Chris, you wait till Listen you get to you two. Hey, when you get you start seeing everything hurts when you go down to bed in the morning. But hey, man, Alabama we does appreciate uh, spending time with you, man. Hopefully, catch you around the parts of Tuscaloosa when I get back in in town, man. Good, good to be with you, brother. Hey, no doubt. Y'all take it easy. Yes, sir. Thanks, All Keith. Right, that's, uh, Keith Holcomb, what Alabama? He gave me some uh, chill bump talking about the. Uh, Bringing that old mentality back, getting the pants popping. That's what I'm talking about. We got to get back to that. I'm saying we as an Alabama. You got to get back to Alabama standards. And that's being aggressive and making people quit. You heard Christian say that uh, numerous times. We got to hit a break. When we come back, we'll switch gears. We'll talk football. You know, the NFL is happening right now. I got a question for you, and I want to hear from you when we take it to the people. Will Bryce... Will Will Anderson and Jameer Gibbs has have great years? Who do you expect will have the better year? And who's in the best position to excel? We'll discuss right here on Miller's Edge on the tide, 100.9. This home, as they sing, of Alabama Crimson Tide Sports. Be back in a moment. It's in strength off the edge. I think he's going to have uh, the most impressive rookie season. But also look at a guy like Jameer Gibbs, who's a Swiss Army knife. I mean, they drafted this guy very high for a reason. They have big plans for him, and they got rid of DeAndre Swift um, in the offseason. So, look, I, I think he very much well, very much could also have uh, a very huge impact because they clearly have big plans for him, they, or they also they wouldn't have drafted him so high. I see, I see them lining him up in the slot, creating mismatches on linebackers. You know, have him run the routes of the backfield, those choice routes. I mean, that's going to be so hard for an, an inside linebacker to defend. I mean, with his, um, you know, shiftiness. You know, you set him up on a, on a choice route or a wheel route. I mean, linebackers can't defend him. And then just the way he runs in between the tackles with his vision, you know, when he cuts, I mean, that breakaway speed is dangerous. So, and I'm not ruling Bryce out. I just think it's a little more difficult for a quarterback to transition to the next level, especially given a circumstance where you're going to the Carolina Panthers. They're still figuring things out. They've gotten him some weapons. They drafted a receiver in the second round from Ole Miss and uh, Mingo. You know, they got Adam Thielen. Um, they, they got a, a couple – uh, other guys that they've picked up. But I still just think it's going to be a little bit of a transition. I think he's going to end up playing well and have some good games. But I just think the other two probably uh, probably will transition a little bit quicker maybe uh, than Bryce, only because of the position in, in, in the organization with him trying to, you know, go to an organization that's still trying to come up and him being expected to lead them. Uh, I want to go to the phones now. Uh, we've got a couple callers. We'll start first with Julian, who has been waiting so patiently. Julene, welcome into the Miller's Edge. How are you this morning? Good morning, my brothers in Christ. Y'all knocked it out at the ballpark. Thank you, thank you. Y'all, I mean, y'all are rocking it. Okay, I'm supposed to be busy. Okay, <laughs> I'm supposed to be taking care of business at my place. And guess what? I'm hooked. Me oh, and Mr. Tom, obviously are not getting anything done today because of the <laughs> weather, first of all, and because we're hooked on this program. So I love you guys. Mm -hmm. You did a great job. 
um, going back to Keith Holcomb reminds me of Dylan Lonergan. Mm. Um, I would love you all to reach out to Dan Lonergan, his dad, or Dylan, and see if you can get him on your program and um, see what's going on with football and baseball. Um, also, I have another question. Oh, and before I get to my two questions, okay, I don't mean to step on y'all's show, but are y'all going to do a NASCAR segment at all? We can get into some NASCAR. I think my dad actually has some friends that are in NASCAR. We probably well, yeah, can. we can definitely get guests on. Yeah, uh, please, NASCAR for please, sure. please, 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 please. <laughs> we'll, we'll get okay. into a little NASCAR for you, Julene. Don't worry. My my buddy uh, went to the race this past weekend up in Wilkesboro, North Carolina. North, it's not too far yeah. from Columbus, South yeah, Carolina. Yeah, the All Star race. And uh, mm-hmm. so running a bunch of extra seats and things like that for the race. Okay. It was a great, great. Great time up there, and then we talk NASCAR. And my my uh, buddy's a uh, little cigar place here in town, and he's a huge NASCAR fan. And again, I play in the golf event with Denny Hamlin and his group, so so we definitely can make that happen. That I would appreciate that so much. You don't know how much I I, I just love. I have the need for speed. Okay. <laughs> there you <laughs> and go. Then, um, and then um, like I said, the uh, dual players baseball football that would be interesting until we get you know into football i'm not a big golf or uh nba person but anyway um my last question christian and this is probably a little too nosy or um you may not want to answer that but are you not doing big noon sports anymore so I'm primarily going to be here on Miller's Edge with me and my dad, um, and we're really appreciative of this opportunity um, that was presented to us. So I'm, I'm going to be focused primarily on the Miller's Edge, um, but I'm more than happy to, to hang around and, and to, um, hang on to and go on to Big Noon Sports um, whenever they need me and, and to, to help assist with that in any way that I can. Um, but right now, just getting this going, we're, we're, we're focusing on the Miller's Edge right now. But I really appreciate you tuning into uh, Big Noon Sports as, as well as the Miller's Edge. We really appreciate you calling in too, Julene, and, and all your sport. Um, but thank you so much so you for calling. Give her a follow. Okay. On Twitter. And, no, yeah, and, I'll, and I'll make sure I, I'll give her the follow on on the Twitter. And um, yeah. Oh, thank you. Okay, one more thing. I'm gonna go with the underdog, Bryce Young. Okay. I I, I beg to differ with y'all. I I think Bryce is gonna show his show his glory. I love y'all. God bless y'all. All right, y'all. thank you and so much. Thank you so much, Julian. Yeah, no, I mean, I and I definitely think Bryce could be the one to have the most successful season. I just think he might have. Look- a few more challenges than the other guys. It might, they might, he might have it a little bit more difficult, what? but he still could definitely have the, the best season out of all three of them. Well, he's going to be dependent on so many people, right? When you Absolutely. look at Will Anderson Jr., you know, your defensive player is so much easier. The system is so much easier to pick up. And, you know, you're going to be on the attack most of the time, especially as an edge guy. It's not really hard to pick up. He's he's used to playing in a very difficult defense that, from a mental standpoint. So you would think, Will Anderson, but you know, listen, I'm I'm kind of thinking Bryce Young because of his the the the, the really the academia part of, of the, the game that he gets and the the whole Johnny Cool, right? Yeah. <laughs> too, just uh, not bothered by anything. Let's go back out to the phone lines again, two zero five three four two nine nine 
Yeah, we have one right here. We have uh, Tommy from Romulus. We'll get to him real quick before we head to a quick break, and then we'll have AC when we come back. But, Tommy, welcome into the Miller's Edge. How are you this morning? Fine, fine. How are y'all doing, men? Doing well. Great. Thank you so much. Uh, I'm going to go with the defense first because Bryce is going to have to build up trust with his offensive line and chemistry Mm -hmm. with his receivers all like that. And it takes a little time. But can he be the rookie of the year? Sure. I, I, I have a lot of faith. Like your father said, he, Joe Cool, yeah. a lot of the time, most of the time. I mean, so. And I think Gibbs can have a great year. Can Gibbs play all three downs? Yeah. But I don't see Detroit giving him the ball 20 times like they would a Dodge Harris or a Derrick Henry to carry. Can he break the big one? Yes. I mean, I think they're all going to be very successful in certain ways for their individual team. But I think Will Anderson Jr. right now is going to have a better year. Yeah. Just in my opinion. Yeah, and I, I think when you just look at the factors, yeah, it, I think a lot of people would go with Will, like just like I did. But I, I can also see why you would go with Bryce just – his demeanor, you know, his poise and confidence, his ability to pick up things and process things so quickly. Um, again, and I think all these guys are going to have phenomenal rookie seasons. That's what this, that's what makes this topic so fun is just trying to try to pick one and say, oh, all right, who's going to have the best? But uh, I think all three guys are going to be phenomenal. Tommy, we appreciate your phone call. Thank you so much for calling in again. Always good to talk to you. Hope you continue to call in. We're going to head to a quick break, and then we're going to get to AC when we come back out. Again, you're listening to the Miller's Edge. We'll be right back after a quick break.